Welcome to the Non-Athene Special Podcast with your host, Samantha Sweden. Uh, today, we're talking about the 5 a.m. Club book by uh, Robin Sharma. And let me tell you, I was just talking offline with Corey, and this is a book that it is hard to um, really just get into and take a bite of. And you're reading this first chapter, and you're like, Personally, I was like, what, what is going on? Why are these people like, number one, I'm almost having this perspective. Why are they being so harsh on this homeless guy? Is he really homeless? What is going on? There's got to be something going on here. And then the spellbinder guy who fell over, I didn't think he died, but it was just really odd to me on how that all uh transpired and then at the same time so I read the book and I did the whole audible and all that kind of stuff at the same time so I'm reading and I'm listening to audible and and as I look back the second time um that I listened to audible while I'm doing work and stuff I'm like finally it kind of got to me and like it's all perspective it's all literally uh something that I am thinking I'm feeling or is it my own ego is it my own fear is there something within me having this preconceived idea about how this book was first introduced as in the first couple of chapters and um the feelings I had about the entrepreneur and the painter and Mr. Riley the billionaire um who was portrayed as a homeless gentleman at the first couple of chapters of this book and and how that all kind of interweaved in and the painter he's just so nonchalant he's just like chatting with this guy you know and he picks up on things um that the entrepreneur doesn't about this guy like the watch and how the watch does not um emote something of a homeless gentleman and how that watch is way more expensive than a homeless gentleman can could ever afford and um Anyhow, I just thought that was interesting. And then how this Mr. Riley talks to these people and convinces them to show up and get on some plane the next morning. And at what point in their lives, you know, they you have to be um, so willing to do something and so willing to be a participant because you know there's something more for your life. And it, for me, it was introspective on, on the fact of what, how do I make that a mirror of my life as in what parts of my life mirror that, that I know there's something more out there that I'm not living, that I'm so willing to buy into something as to meeting somebody the next day at 5am that is supposedly going to have some plane and some guy that's going to pick me up or a gal and take me to this this plane and and whisk me off to learn about the ways of of being a better human for myself and to be a better human as um to get my life together and and have all those inputs and outputs in life mean something. So uh for me the beginning of the book was a second time around of reading it and listening to it was completely different than the first time reading it for the first part of the book. How did you feel about that, Corey? Because I know we kind of talked off 
offline about that beginning of the book. I mean, just the beginning of the book was just kind of like, I don't know, it was more or less like, what am I actually reading here? It just, just feels weird. It just sounds like, I mean, you kind of acted like you were just like the, you know, just eyes looking in from the top, like a bird's eye view at first, like just people gossiping. And then once you finally, once they finally were like, hey, no, we're going to, you know, when he finally told them, hey, we're going to take you out on a plane ride, I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Now we're, now we're getting somewhere. And that's when it seemed like, I was like, all right, this is going to be a, a completely different book than I thought it was. And even then, I mean, he taking them no strings attached too. He just said, hey, you don't have to pay me any money or anything like that. He's like, I'm going to take you somewhere. And to be, you know, for the entrepreneur, to, she knew in herself that, Something definitely is going wrong. I need something, need help, and I'm at my wit's end, so the heck with it. If you're going to offer me something for free, let's do it. And and also, um, for not only like that, but he also said, I need you guys to commit to staying, to learn the habit of the 5 a.m. club. And how long, like, as you're reading, yeah, you're like, um, and like, you know, through the other books that we've read, we know that 60 days is a minimum, right? 60 days is a minimum of learning a new habit. So I'm like, man, they're like, this book is about people giving up their life to go and, and be somewhere else to really commit to something better that they can achieve. And to be at that point in your life, we're like, yeah, I, I need to do this for me to be a better me. I thought that was, um, God, can't we all just like use that 60 days of just being able to, to release and go, you know what, I can do this. And then to think about like, well, I can do this now, even where I'm at, you know, like through the first part of the book, I'm like, God, I wish I could just be there and, and do the 60 days and like non-interrupted, no cell phones, no one bothering me. You know, the only thing I would accept is my dog, right? Like, like I'm thinking to myself, God, that would be amazing. And then, and then to take that perspective and go, well, there's nothing holding me back from doing that now. There's nothing holding me back from doing that today. It's just me holding me back, right? So, like, obviously... I uh, do my little book thing and I, and I tab pages and I have fun with it. And, um, some of the, and it's interesting because like he leads them once he takes them away from the city and into uh, Mauritius or the islands or what have you, you know, he's starting this process of just the slow progressive process. Okay. Wake up at 5.00 AM. That's all I want you to do. So all you need to do is just wake up at 5 a.m. Or, or just wake up and meet me here at 5 a.m. on this part of the beach and be here and be present. That's the only thing they have to do. And it's like this slow progressive um, in, in little increments of teaching them different ways and different habits to, to really let your mind ease into like, okay, I'm waking up at 5 a.m. and now I'm going to stack on something else. And now I'm going to stack on something else. And now I'm going to stack on something else. And it's just this beautiful progression of a step-by-step -step process 
of how things can work in your life if you allow it when you do a slow progression rather than an all at once progression. And and some of the the rules and the like some of the like if you get the book right because you like it talks about if you're on Audible it talks about like a handout or um something to that effect. But if you have the book, it actually will have all the the little uh rules and processes that Mr. Riley will will share and and rule number one engrave finally an apparent precious metal were the five statements in the tablet what read rule one an addiction to distraction is the end of your creative production empire makers and history creators take one hour for themselves before dawn and the serenity that lies beyond the clutches of complexity to prepare themselves for a world-class day rule number two excuses breed no genius just because you haven't installed the early rising habit before doesn't mean you can't do it now release your rationalizations and remember that small daily improvements when done consistently over time lead to stunning results rule number three all changes hard at first messy in the middle and gorgeous at the end everything you know find easy First found difficult with consistent practice, getting up with the sun will become the new normal and automatic. And rule number four, to have the results, the top 5% of producers have, you must start doing what 95% of people are unwilling to do. As you start to live like this, the majority will call you crazy. Remember that being labeled a freak is the price of greatness. Rule number five, when you feel like surrendering, continue. Triumph loves the relentless. And when I was, like, certain parts, I was driving, so I was listening, so I wasn't able to read. Because I like to read the book and listen to it at the same time. It it allows me to stay in focus, and it allows me to pick up, as we learn things in life, it's... Um, it's three different ways of learning process. And one of them is a site. So you're reading it and then the other is listening. So I'm getting two different processes and I feel like I learned the book a little bit better and I'm taking it in a little bit, um, stronger than I, I would just listening or just reading. And so certain parts of this book, I've had to go back and kind of reread because of the fact that like, for some reason I was driving or doing something that I could not read at the same time. And, and I remember like I tagged, I tagged myself on a certain chapter and it was this one in the rules. And when I went back and read these first rules, I was like, Oh my gosh, it's absolutely right. You know, like the rule one about the addiction and distraction of like, you know, uh, Facebook and, um, getting on your phone in the mornings or playing games uh, on your phone instead of being present and interactive or doing different things instead of just having electronics around. It's a, it's a whole different aspect. And, and that distraction that you give yourself is an addiction. 
And once you start on it, it's really hard to get out of that addiction of a distraction because it allows you not to have to deal with what you need to deal with or um, the beauty of the process of actually doing something because therein lies the beauty of everything is if you just do the hard process. And then the rule two is the excuse breeds no genius. It, just getting up and early rising and making that a habit has done so much more for me of 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 doing something like and here he eventually talk about the 202020 rule and and um there's this neuropathic guy that talks about DNA and and on the internet and I started doing this 30 30 30 so in the first 30 minutes of the day I wake up I drink my coffee and I consume 30 grams of protein and I get 30 minutes of cardiovascular um, exercise, whether it's raising my heart rate to, to my fat burning zone or anaerobic, but mostly my fat burning zone, right? So that has done something different for me because of the neuro, the neuro um, plasticity of, of opening up and, and bending those neurons to, to create different pathways. And, and Basically, I'm not going to get, I'm kind of getting a little bit digging down deep into it, but it creates what they call a window of tolerance. And so that window of tolerance allows you to dig deeper and go like, it's kind of like it expands it. Every time that you wake up at 5 a.m. and you do this, I'm expanding my window of tolerance to have a different habit be able to be placed into my body as a neural pathway. So I just, I don't know. How do you feel about that, Corey? So I know that you don't get up exactly at 5 a.m. I think you were talking to me you're like, eh, 5 a.m. doesn't work, but 5.30 works. I've been doing 5.30. I've been gradually getting 5. I'm at 5.20 now. <laughs> so I just get there little by little. Uh, as far as the starting, especially the 90% when I was like, son of a buggy. I mean, that definitely get home seeing that even, you know, throughout all kinds of, you know, even our private groups and just in life in general. Oh, yeah, because it, man, it it's not about always being perfect. I was talking to Ryan earlier, who's on the, on the thing. I think he's muted. He must be just finishing up with something, but. I'm not muted. Oh, you're not? Not anymore? Perfect. So, like, yeah, I wouldn't call right on here. either, bro. This is perfect timing. It, it, you don't always have to be perfect with 5 a.m., 5 a.m. doesn't mean you have to be perfect with it. It's about a habitual process. And sometimes it doesn't work and that's okay. That doesn't mean you failed. That just means you're like, oh, something got in the way. What was that that got in the way? It's okay because it doesn't always have to be in the way. Is it going to be in the way sometimes? Absolutely. But that doesn't mean you didn't. You didn't succeed in every other pieces of your life that you want to. It just means that, okay, 5 a.m. didn't work for me today, but everything else worked, and so it was a successful day. Brian? Yeah, 5 a.m. isn't working for me right now, but it's definitely a goal. Um, this book is, uh, has definitely helped me get into a better place and uh help me start wanting to 
create better habits. Uh, like, like we talked about offline, I've, I've started walking my dogs recently and I found a cool mountain bike trail behind my house. And I was, I listened to the book when I'm on that trail, you know? So like you were saying, like wishing you were somewhere else, I was out exploring. Like, so I was in my own little, little adventure as Mm -hmm. I'm listening to the book. So it helped me relate to that. It helped me be like, I was excited to go out and find new little places and stuff, you know, and see new things. But it, uh, yeah, the 5am thing, I'm definitely working towards it. I keep trying and it, it, it's not working out, but I'm not, uh, I'm not getting bummed out for it. It's definitely a goal of mine. It's something that I'm working towards and I'll get there. Right. I know it just takes that one day and then I'm like, okay, I can do it. Stop being a sissy. I can do it. I talk myself out of it every morning. I'm like, I need extra sleep. Yeah. And you know, here's the thing is, um, Mel Robbins does this thing where she talks about sleep and talks about, um, if you set an alarm, let's just come up with 6 a.m., right? And you set your alarm for 6 a.m. She says, get out of bed immediately. Don't even think about it. Like, don't even make it a possibility to talk yourself back into going to sleep. A five-second rule. Yeah, right? Five, four, three, two, one. I know. I I read the book. I I know know this. You know what I'm talking about, right? She has it, right? She's like talking about this thing and she, she talks about how the body and then when you really talk i mean it's nothing that we haven't been taught in school right yeah we haven't heard before that you know your REM sleep and the sleep you know the whole algorithm of sleep is is more in depth than just going back to hit the snooze button because then you're gonna feel tired right if you hit the snooze button you either need to just go back to sleep for three hours or you need to get up now you just got to choose it like the other day, I literally turned my my uh, phone off. I just, I think it was 5 a.m. And I was like, nope, not today. And I literally shut my phone off and I went back to sleep till 8 a.m. You know what's crazy is most days I don't hear my alarms at all. Like at all. I sleep right through and my wife god bless her she's told me about several times she's wanted to kill me because i can sleep through anything the baby crying like anything it's just a skill that i acquired since i was young you know and uh i have the most annoying ringtone and it doesn't even phase me anymore (laughs) it's bling bling by little wayne oh my god dude really yeah yeah. We thought so. about something like something like uh, a little bit more motivational. Might help you out. Oh, I just think about something that I'm gonna hear because the the sounds won't wake me up, but like a a loud song next to me or something, and it has to be something annoying enough for me to actually wake up and and choose to shut that off. But I, most of the time, I don't even hear it. Hmm. I sleep hard. In the military, I had to get three alarm clocks. 
Wow. Yeah. Three alarm clocks. That's awesome. Three. You were that guy. You were that one guy that the drill instructor really beat into, didn't he? About waking up in the morning. Dude, I've fallen asleep at the first concert I went to, a Eminem concert, Limp Biscuit. I've fallen asleep at the monster trucks, like, and just sleep through it. Like, I can sleep through a lot. <laughs> it's it's a problem. Is it really a problem? No, it is. So it's distraction, right? So, uh, in 2000, I started working on an ambulance, right? I worked at the fire department, worked on an ambulance, worked at the fire department, uh, worked on an ambulance, like back and forth. Right? And um, something that I realized is that later on in life, I can sleep anywhere at any time. So, um, like we went to SEMA in Vegas, right? So Heather, my best friend, um, she noticed I was super just draggy, tired. So I wake up early, like wait, I wake up earlier than her and I'm just sitting there. I'm like, all right, I need to get going. But then I shut down early. So I'm shut down, like 8 p.m. comes and I'm like, it's time to go to bed. I'm out, right? So, and I'm trying to like, it. Heather does not. She stays up a little bit later and wakes up a little bit later than I do. So she's still going. We're still doing this thing. We're having meetings with people and, and having fun and and um, having dinners. And it's like nine o'clock at night and she knows that I'm like tired. And so she literally says to me, I've got you. When we get in the cab, just go take a nap. Literally, I sit down in the cab after her and I was out. She said that she looked over at me after talking to the cab guy and I was out. And I was like, well, you told me to go to sleep. So I did. Like I was out and I do that a lot. So if someone drives, I and I decide that I'm tired or I have something as a definitive, I'll go to sleep. If I'm out in the dirt and I want to go to sleep against a tree, I'm going hiking or whatever, I want to take a nap, I take a nap. It's just that quick and easy for me to, to get in a mode. But you have to be careful with napping because it is it can become a distraction to progression and it can be a distraction as in it's a way out for you, right? It's a way out of having to deal with any of the issues surrounding your life or anything that you have to do. You're just like, oh, I'll just take a nap. So I, just, I find that funny that you and I both have a thing where you can just go to sleep. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll call myself out on this while you were saying that too. Uh it's it's not that I can't wake up or I can't it's my bad sleeping habits is why I can't hear my alarm you know I go to sleep too late I have to change my sleeping habits around to be able to wake up at that time because I've done it before and yeah. it's and that's when I can fall asleep in an instant just anywhere so I'm damn near narcoleptic sometimes I'll fall <laughs> like in class or trainings if I'm not into it like that's why I love detailing is because any training I've went to, I've always been so excited and into it that it's just like, yeah. But <laughs> like other trainings I've went for, for other work, I I would have to stand up in the back of the class because I'll just, you know, I'm just anywhere. Yeah. It's insane. Now, are you a coffee guy? Hey, Ryan, you ain't lying about sleeping. 
This guy <laughs> sleep through his damn alarm. I, <laughs> I told, I forgot. Yeah, Tums came on. <laughs> I, I promise you. I, I, I swear, I, tr I let it go on the whole time just to see. Yep, never, never, never. It never did anything to him. Not a face, nothing. <laughs> so heavy. I'll tell you the story, right? So me and my friends at work, it is like 2009, maybe. Um, we decide that we're gonna go off caffeine for 30 days. We're we're gonna try and get off coffee. You're talking to a bunch of firefighters gonna get off coffee that we're up at different hours of the night. And like coffee sometimes is the only thing we call it block tar heroin. You know, we were always like <laughs> with our veins, like just pour the coffee right in the vein, you know. Yeah. Um so I'm sitting there and I'm trying to do this report at the desk and I just, I'm out. It's like two o'clock in the afternoon or three o'clock and I'm out. Literally, like, I feel like I was in this dream state and I am hearing like this bell go off and I'm like, what is going on? And my partner comes in, are you coming to the call or what? Tones got off and he's like sitting in the rig and he's like, Sam coming? He had to literally walk back in. He's like, Dude, he's like, I don't think we should start this coffee thing. I think we need to do it on our four days off and and start the coffee break on our four days off. And I'm like, I think you're right, because <laughs> three days is supposed to be harsh. So this is our first day, and I'm like not doing. <laughs> Dude, that would be the hardest thing to stop. And I want to <laughs> do it, too, because I know when you get back on it, it's just going to be that much better. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Right now. I was I was telling Samantha that I'm off of energy drinks and I actually stopped drinking coffee at the same time and it's been 18 days. The first two days sucked and now I'm oh gone. you're a savage. Yeah, Corey's I salute savage you, right my right friend. Right I salute you. I'm drinking an energy drink right now and I don't need but, one, and that's why I sleep now. through my alarms. Yeah, I used to be up till like 11. Now I'm in bed by like 10. <laughs> oh my God. That's rad. All right. So the three step success formula. So, like, that's the next message, right? Uh, this three step success formula is learning, which is better awareness and growing. Step two, implementation, better choices, execution. Um, step three, income, better results, and impact. And as we're going through this, there's like a reason why I picked books in succession, right? Like um, we've already talked about uh, habits with James Clear and we've talked about execution with Jocko Willing Link and the leadership and, and execute, 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 right? And so the 5am club um, also with like Brene Brown in perfection, right? Because you're not always going to be perfect through this process, but to get to where we want to be, we have to start implementing and executing. So learning and, and better awareness. Um, and, and this, this guy, Mr. Riley talks about the beginning of transformation is the increase of perception. As you see more, you can materialize more. And once you know better, you can achieve bigger. The great women and men of the world 
the ones responsible for the magical symphonies, the beautiful movements, the advancements of science, progress of technology, and started by re-engineering their thinking and reinventing their awareness. In so doing, they entered a secret universe that the majority could not perceive. Thus, and thus, in turn, allowed them to make the daily choices few make, few choose to make, which automatically delivered the daily results few got to experience. And really, it's kind of like that whole, that whole thing, right? So you're, so you're waking up at five a.m. and, and you're exercising in the morning, letting all that crap that you. I mean, you're sleeping, you're literally sleeping for eight hours and your body's just got a buildup of, of different chemicals and hormones that have, have built up because your body has to make stuff and it has to have byproduct and it has to have a, a liftoff of something. And the greatest way to do that is to exercise and let some of it out, right? And then to think about being grateful for something and and just understanding that being grateful for being able to wake up at 5 a.m. and being able to exercise and then other things and then kind of getting your mind ready for the rest of the day, just letting yourself and paying tribute to yourself by having some type of meditation. It doesn't always have to be 20 minutes of meditation or 20 minutes of a grateful work. It can, you can be five minutes of each or five minutes of this or five minutes of that, but, um, just taking that extra time to do that and that habit formation seems for me, for personally for me, it's a great reflection of the previous day and the day going forward on where I was yesterday and where I am right now and where I am going to be hopefully by the end of the day. And just taking it slowly on those progression of days. And, um, being thankful that I'm waking up every morning and making my bed and, and doing the things that and the processes that make me feel like a better human. Right. Um, and then, uh, let's see my little tab book here. Let's see where we at on the next one. The next one is the, uh, four focus of history makers. And, um, capitalization and IQ I, like this book is littered even between this like this is page 107 and then if you were to read from page 100 to 107 it's more than just what we chatted about right there's all these little perspective pieces I feel like in every couple pages and this perspective that you're seeing through the eyes of whether you're Looking at it from Riley's point of view, the billionaire's, I mean, or the uh, entrepreneur's point of view, or the painter's point of view, or even the spellbinder's point of view, is completely different. And and realizing that this book is almost like metaphorical, right? Uh, Ryan, you were we were talking about that earlier. Where are you at with with all that? Or Chris, or Corey, either either. Any of you guys? Um, with what part? The person. I know you said that. Um, 
my perspective has been great lately. You know, this book, I, I take it as uh, just one of the tools that helped me kind of have that switch in perspective, you know, the book, the walking my dogs and just like you said, taking things slow, like I'm not putting any pressure on myself and me walking my dogs, whether it's before my customers come or it's after, depending on what I'm doing, how I'm feeling, what time I wake up, you know, I make it a point. And just that little thing has helped me take back control of my life and find something that I enjoy outside of detailing, you know, outside of just everything else that's peaceful and just fun and, and gets me out in nature. And it's really Help change my perspective. I didn't feel great when I woke up this morning. I snacked hard last night. Like, <laughs> not on some healthy stuff. You know what I mean? I didn't want to walk. And I've been, I've been, I still went out there. I was looking forward to it. I enjoyed it. I went for a little like hike run. You know, I've been starting to slowly start jogging it too. And it's just when I want to. And everything's kind of like, okay. Just calm down, take everything slowly. If I don't do something I want to do, I make it a goal. Like, okay, I'm going to get there. Here's what I'm going to do, you know? Or I hit a realization, like talking to you, like, okay, that's that's a lie. I need to change my sleeping habits. And then I'll be able to wake up at five and hear my alarm better and, you know, not be so dead asleep because I've gotten more sleep. How awesome is that? I know. And I've been feeling good, you know, it's been like two and a half weeks, probably now two weeks. And I've just been rocking. I just feel cool, man. And this book is long as hell. (laughs) It's helped me through that. (laughs) This is a long book. (laughs) Yeah, I I mean, it's cool. I thought it was going to end like a while back, but it just keeps dropping knowledge on you, you know? I um, like it though. It's it's yeah. cool. I got about a half hour left of it. Yeah, I'm not done yet, but what I've been listening to, it's been <clears throat> it did help. I mean, talking about like stepping back, taking it slow, you know. I kind of I took that because I because of some of the things that's been going on. I was like, yeah, no, we need to just focus on like key points and get it done one by one not try to get overwhelmed with all this bullshit and you know let's just make sure we get some things done on task and then things will move forward that's awesome the uh the the four focus of history makers the the capitalization of iq about learning something you know and then the freedom from distraction. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, yep. Personal mastery practice in the four-day stacking. And number four is the day stacking. I think just like the simple tasks of doing that and then writing out stuff, um, whether it's the night before, I notice I've been writing stuff. Okay, what, what do I need to accomplish tomorrow? Or what... What do I need to do tomorrow to to make me feel like I've had a successful day? Because no matter what, something um that I 
that I learned a while ago is that um, Jocko Willing like, had a guy, and I, I'm having a brain fart on his name, so sorry about that, but his the guy who was in charge of all the Navy SEALs, he did that big speech about um, how to make your bed. Or like just making your bed in the morning, right? You guys all know um, that guy. Oh yeah, I remember. I remember who you're talking about, but I can't remember the name either. Yeah, I, I can't. Yeah, I I've read I like three, yeah, I've read like three of his books and they're amazing. And um, and it's funny because I combine that with something that Brene Brown had stated is is in the morning, no matter what, even if like someone else is in bed with you, I still make my side of the bed. Right, so if hmm. I get up in the morning, I make my side of the bed. And then I go about my process. And and Brene Brown um, had made a comment. And I, and I was like, she's absolutely right. Because some days you don't have to do anything to be successful. Right? So yeah. so the process is like, I wake up. Hey, that's, a, that's successful. I woke up today. Number two, I made the bed. I always take my dog for a walk, success, right? I gave my dog love, which gave me love. Like, it's amazing. There's very little things that I have to accomplish in my life every day to know that I'm successful. And I've broken it down to things of love and cherishing for myself and who I'm directly responsible for, which is the only person I'm directly, uh, direct responsibility for is my dog. And the reason why is because a dog can't take care of themselves with feeding and all that and love and attention. But everybody else in life, they can ask for it if they need it. And their ways of asking for it is going to be different than everybody else's, right? But they they have that ability to communicate where an animal doesn't. So I've learned that really, as long as I make these like there's 10 tasks that I've, I've come up with throughout my day that that if I do these tasks every day, I'm freaking I am like I'm set. And those 10 tasks I do not fail to do every single day. And I am successful every single day of my life, which then allows me to open it up and be broader with those successes. Right. And I I've just. I've noticed that the gifts of imperfection are not everybody's successful every day. Well, I am successful every day. It's just what I choose to be successful at, not what you choose me to be successful at, because everybody's perception of success is different. And as long as I feel good and I'm where I need to be at my life, where I'm supposed to be at today in this moment, makes me successful. So a little bit of... I don't know, it just reminds me of, of that. So, um, but the, the secret of morning genius, genius, because I can't talk, is uh, the transient hyperfrontality, um, entry into the flow state, the prefrontal cortex quiets, the access to genius level insights, advanced creativity, and world-class performance. And just that part, I've noticed is so impactful for me of of just like, even if I don't get my, my morning meditation or I do it as what I call a working meditation or something, I've noticed that it does open up all these like little 
things that I didn't realize were there in my prefrontal cortex. And I'm remembering things that like, yeah, that's what that feels like. And I'm super creative and, and more interested in this and that. And gosh, I need to take a deep dive into that. And, and I just feel a lot more at peace when I let myself quiet to open up to everything else. I don't know if that, does that make sense? Um, yes. A pharmacy of mastery is stimulated in your brain, which supercharges it. The cortisol decreases, the dopamine rises and the serotonin soars, right? So that's what we were talking about with the exercise, right? So the cortisol decreases when you're exercising in the morning, the dopamine rises and the serotonin soars. What serotonin does it is not made at night. So you have to have it in the morning anyway. And then the brain waves change from beta to alpha to theta. And then um, the stillness and the silence during the 5 a.m. hour, right? Because you're getting up and, and I'm not living in the country anymore. I moved to the city. So um, that stillness that I used to get of living in the mountains, you still get it at 5 a.m., <laughs> If you go outside at 5 a.m. in my little cul-de-sac area, no one's there. And the coolest thing is if I go out at 5 a.m., a little bit after 5 a.m., I get the sunrise still. And then you can hear the roosters and you can hear the train going. And I'm like, that is the coolest thing ever. Do you have any of those experiences, Chris? Nope. I mean, I get the gym. Yeah. And we're blasting music. <laughs> is that is that is that your is that your creativity in the morning? Oh yeah. I mean, it's quiet driving to the gym, but when you get to the gym it's like lively. Lively, like, huh? Yeah. But it it's nice cuz then like you said, got to get the that's like the I don't know, lately I've been finding peace in that in it. When yeah. I'm like working out and I'm talking to my inner self like I'm like damn that hurt keep going I don't know I'd be fighting with myself in my head it's like being a wuss keep going <laughs> you're you're talking Heather's language now uh, maybe yeah. <laughs> oh my god I'm right there Chris every morning now nice it's it's uh it brings a lot of peace and uh, clarity going into work. Because you're getting all that stuff out of your system, right? Yeah. Right, all the cortisol and 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 the serotonin and dopamine is there. And we're all dopamine addicts. It's like a preset. Like anytime you open your phone, it's a dopamine hit. When you drink coffee, it's a dopamine hit. So we're all kind of addicts of dopamine anyway. So when you're able to get that dopamine out by just to exercise alone, you're like, heck yeah. And then your body's like addicted to the exercise because every time it exercises, it's like dopamine hit. You're right. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so you get addicted to the exercise. You know, right? I know. It's awesome. It's funny because I used to wake up, well, when I first started waking up at that, like around that time, I was taking like a, uh, it's kind of like a, well, it's not, 
it has caffeine, but it's not coffee. It's like a, like a start. I don't know what it supplement it is, but it's to start your day off or if you feel a little tired, but after getting used to, I was like, Oh, I don't really need that. I just need to go work out. Do you feel like, uh, if you don't work out, do you have like more angst or more anxiety or more something like, like there's something internally not right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's like, it's like, no, I'm not awake yet. My day is totally off. Probably go in a bad mood. I feel bad. I feel like I did something very wrong. Then I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go. I'll go to the gym at lunch or something just to get it, get it go, get it done, or at end of the night. But it's not as it's not as pleasing because in at the at in the evening after work, it's tired. I'm like beat. Yeah. And then the inner self does take over. Like, nope, I can't do it physically. I'm out. My mind wants to, but my body is not happy. Not working with me. <laughs> so the four interior empires, right? You got uh interior empires. E one is the mindset or psychology. E two is the heart set or emotionally. E three is the health set or physicality, and then E four is the soul set or spirituality. And um. Something that the psychologists and these people like Brene Brown and all these other people that are, um, when they actually do scientific research on mindset and spirituality, they find that um, spirituality is closely linked with joy and contentment. And I think people think of spirituality as is um you have to believe in god right or you have to go to church and and i love because i've never i've never i've always gone to church like i was baptized mormon like a lot of people don't know that but now you guys do um i was baptized mormon at 15 by my choice and then uh i also went to catholic church i went to seventh day adventist church i went to the buddhist um religion i went into hinduism i mean there's so many different facets of religion that I find um, very scientifically in my brain like I love the history of each religion and how it came about but um, what what I relate to spirituality is something more than is a sense of um, well Brene Brown says it's a sense of belonging to something that is bigger than you and bigger than one person and so spirituality does not have to be a church, doesn't have to be a religion. It is simply spirituality of believing it's something bigger than yourself. And I think that all of us on, on this book know that and, and really understand that spirituality is something bigger than yourself. Like the group that we belong to for our businesses and stuff is something that is bigger than like that business group when you take one person in business group and then you take five people, right? We then potentiate the effect of that five people to 10 people because we're able to all get together and it's something bigger than us and something that we can achieve within the group that is bigger than us, right? 
So it's just something that you're able to do with a group of people that you know is bigger than you. And and you can find spirituality, whether it's in a business group, a religion, uh, your business, or even within yourself, knowing that there's something bigger than you. And so on the soul set, when I think of that spirituality, it always brings me back to that. It's, it's bigger than me. It's something that I believe in that I can wholeheartedly go, oh, it, it's something that I'm yearning for that I know is potentiates by being a part of something spiritually that is bigger than me, if that makes sense. So, um, let's see. So that's the interior empires. We went over the physicality, like all of us are doing that, especially Corey. He's like working it hard with the 75 and hard club. Dang. I know he's going he's going deep. Dang, Corey. I dropped out fast. Chris dropped out before it even started. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing. If you guys read if you guys read into it too, after the 75 days, there's even more stuff afterwards. Oh, I know. Uh, I gotta yeah. I was trying to I was trying to commit to my own challenge that I already started. I'm like, I was like, let me ease my way back into that first. I'm just getting started. I don't want to be playing with my feelings and stuff. Yeah, I'm making excuses too, Corey. Yeah. <laughs> don't worry, Chris. I go to the gym every morning. And I walk the dog every night. And it's been snowing over here, so it doesn't matter. It's raining over here. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You, you hear that, Chris? I mean... I mean, Corey has it pretty bad compared to the three of us. I mean, dude, it's it, been thirty degrees here, thirty-five <laughs> when I wake up. It's way too cold. Yeah. <laughs> I got I got this little heated vest for usually Oregon always in the thirty. Seventy frost on the ground the other day. Oh, what? Been really trying to find the second time. Second day, uh, second time to go work out. It's just been very hard for me at the moment. Well, you know, all you got to do is in little steps. And when you're ready to put your big boy pants on, we'll get on board with you. Yeah. yeah. I mean. <laughs> yeah. I'm messing with them now. <laughs> Sucker. <laughs> Where, where are we at? Oh, what helps is my kids are 15 and 16 now so it doesn't i mean they don't really care they don't need me as much you answered yeah. my question that i had in my head dude you're a mind reader <laughs> i was gonna ask you if you had any kids and how old they were i've shooed out my one and a half year old i've had to shoo out my five-year-old and my seven-year-old since we've been on book club i'm like man just give me 45 minutes well you know and so when you think about this book, like, I don't want to spoil it for people because it's hard, right? Some people um, that I found going to SEMA, uh, there's quite a few people that listen to the book club after the fact. And um, they love it. And, but the whole thing is about this book is it's a story, right? And this story is about this entrepreneur and this painter going to this uh, talk 
and I, I don't want to spoil too much of the book, but um, for people that haven't read it, so well, it doesn't really matter because you're part of book club because you're reading the book. So this story is about these this entrepreneur who is on the midst of um, she's made this amazing um business for herself but she's on the midst of wanting to basically kill herself and she looks over on her uh, dresser and she sees this ticket to go to this thing and this talk to listen to this guy about how to be better in your life and and have a better outlook and and to make it more of a billionaire's output right outlook and painter on the other hand has listened to this story a few more times right he's been to the spellbinders talks and all this kind of stuff and because they 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 call the guy the spellbinder right in the um in the story he's the storyteller of what's going on in the beginning of the book about um business and and he's like the guy that almost like the if you want to go to a simon sinek you know talk right like he's like the simon sinek of now and um and he has this issue and and he collapses on stage and you have these two people still talking. And then all of a sudden this this guy out of nowhere who's like seems like be homeless, which is Mr. Riley, right? The billionaire comes into play and they have this whole perspective of like, who's this, which we already went over, is about this guy who's homeless. And you're reading this book and you're like, what am I reading right now? What is going, what happened to the guy that collapsed on the floor? And now they're just talking about these other people and and whether or not he's really saying the truth and yet at the same time he's asking them what did you love about what he talked about what was your favorite part of what was what he was discussing not even relating to that he has some huge health concern and then getting invited to this island in in Marisha and where he's going to invite them to to really take on the habits that the spellbinder is talking about. And they take it and they go there and, and they're stacking, right? 5 a.m. And then they're stacking the exercise and then they're stacking being grateful. And then they're stacking, you know, about learning something and really trying to learn something in, in the morning time and, and being a student all at once. And, and it comes to know that this, this guy, um, the billionaire, Mr. Riley, is um, he takes him all over the world, basically, and to like Italy and and um, all these places as the sixty-six chase of a habit, because he's telling them it takes sixty-six days to get this process, and all I want you to do is is be committed to learning this this process in the morning time, and it's going to expand yourself and. And this entrepreneur has this issue of of people wanting to take over her company, and she has to let it go and let go of her cell phone and and write things down and and they start to they start to realize that everything in life is not about what they do, but about who they are as that person in the morning time, and how that's a direct reflection of who they are the rest of the day. And how they can build upon that for the rest of the day. And so um, all these values of their their habits and then how that corresponds into having joy back in their life. Because they're able to let go of the things that aren't making sense anymore. Because they're able to take a look at, well, is that 
what are my habits that I'm doing outside of this making success for me? And then they realize it's not like, hey, this habit is not successful. So I'm going to stop doing that and I'm going to transition. And they're finding all these different things. And 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 uh, I think Ryan like hit it on the head because he's finding that not being the perfect success of waking up at 5 a.m. doesn't mean that his day is not successful. It's just that that day, the habit of waking up at 5 a.m. didn't work, but he still realizes and potentiates his success by doing all those other habits that are working for you, right? And then, so it goes into the effect of the trigger, right? What is the trigger of your successful day? And then the ritual of your day, the reward of it, the repetition, which becomes the lifetime habit arc, right? It's like the circular thing, which we talked about with atomic habits, right? It's, you have a trigger, you have what you're doing is that ritual or whatever, but you have a reward, which gives you that dopamine flush, right? Again, and that repetition allows you to habit stack. Just like he talks about in this book of, of habit stacking, once you learn one habit and it becomes like second nature to you, you're able to take in and put another habit and you're taking and put another habit. So it allows you to habit stack because of that reward and, um, and the repetition of the other habits. And so it allows your brain and it allows that, that window of tolerance to expand into habit stacking. And I think Ryan is finding that it's a perfect example. I loved uh, talking to you about that today. It was it was pretty awesome. And Corey is another example. He's doing the the seventy five hard, and he's finding it easier now. He's on the eighteenth day, but he's he's like, I'm just going to do it because he's getting this reward and this trigger every time he accomplishes something. Water is hard. Drinking a gallon of water a day is hard. Some days is easy. Some days the hardest part. It is. Too, I'm not going to. I wouldn't believe hard. why you drink water and, and when it's snowing. It's hard already since it's cold and I have a habit of not drinking water when it's cold. Yeah. Corey. I, have... I, make, the water, I make the water warm. <laughs> Co Corey. I mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I warm up the water. <laughs> have you heard of the... Uh the not it's not flavored water but it smell it goes like by your smell and it tricks you into thinking it's flavored what get get the filter I mean, look it up look it up it's the, the new it's the new thing where you're not drinking like something but it like it makes <laughs> it and you can switch the flavors Oh my god I just put BCAs I put a little bit so I, I do a uh my BCA complex and I put a little bit in my water every time and it gives it just a little bit of flavor blueberry so I break up my BCAs throughout the whole day and so just drinking them all at once and so I'm able to get my water and if I don't do that I notice go god I only had like 90 ounces of water today and then I realized like oh, I forgot to put the blueberry in the last <laughs> No wonder I didn't drink it. Um, the habit insulation protocol, we talked about the 66-day minimum, 
Some people say 90, some people say 60. It's between 60 and 90. I mean, if you can do something for 60 days, I'm pretty sure it's a habit. Um, and so the first part is the destruction. destruction. Stage one is 22 days, the installation, the next 22 days, and the integration is what they're talking about, which makes it an automaticity. It's kind of like when you start driving a car when you're 15, right? Back in the day when we were all like taking driver's ed in school and that's when they did driver's ed in school, right? And and you're you're driving with your parents or whatever. My experience was I was driving with my mom and and the first time I put the key in the ignition, right? But before I put the key in the ignition or I put the key in the ignition, I'm like looking at my mirrors. I'm like freaking out. I'm like, is that mirror set just right? I don't know. Is it my review? Okay, yeah, yeah. That's it, right? And then I had to get out of the car because back then we didn't have any automatic, you know, mirror things. I had to get my mirror just right because my mom's like, yeah, do it yourself. You got to act like I'm not here, right? So then, so then like the only thing she did help me is like, why don't you just lean over me and move the mirror from the <laughs> Nonetheless, there was like a whole process before you even backed out of your driveway, right? And the point of this is like, now it's become such a habit. Do you really, like, you already know that stuff is all set up. You have it in your mind. It's a natural process. You Now we don't stick our keys in the ignition, but you could if you still have that type of vehicle, but it's a push button, right? But it's already there. Like, you're already, like, looking in the mirrors. You're doing your thing. You have your seatbelt on. It's like that. It's an automaticity thing that you have. Putting your seatbelt is an automaticity thing, right? It's not something you actually have to think about. Um, so I love to use driving as the habit because we've all done it most of the time and we've all had to back up out of a driveway and now it's like an automatic thing. It doesn't take us five minutes anymore, right? You get in the vehicle, you get in and like you're in and out of your driveway in less than a minute, right? Whereas before it was like this whole process when you're learning how to drive because your brain, you're trying to train your brain on everything that you have to remember but once you don't have to remember it and it becomes automatic, you're able to have it stack. And that's what they're talking about is, is the habit protocol and, and stacking everything on top of each other. Uh, let's see. So, you know, and by this part, they're like, they're still traveling around the world in the story and, and the entrepreneur and the, and the, uh, and the painter guy are now falling in love, right? They're starting to get closer. And it's interesting about the personalities and how she talks about, even in the book, would that be somebody she was interested in before? Because in the very beginning of the book, she's like, who's this painter guy who's kind of obnoxious? And she talks about some of the his wordings and like, don't say that word anymore. Death is not definitely. It's either definitely and not death. For sure, you know, just like how he's talking. And then she ends up falling in love with this guy from all of his little idiosyncrasies and his habit formation and finding out he's more than what her perspective was in the beginning of meeting him for the first time. Um, the 20-20-20 formula, deconstructing it, um, the 5 a.m. to 5.20 move, uh, 520 to 540 is your reflection mode and 540 to 6 a.m. is your growing, you know, reviewing your goals for the day, 
reading books, consuming audiobooks, listening to podcasts, studying. Um, I'm a big, you guys know I'm a big podcaster, audible, like, like I still keep up my paramedic license. I still work part-time doing paramedic stuff. So, um, for me, I have to keep up that stuff. So I'll listen to CEs online when I'm driving. So I listen to lectures and I get credit for my paramedic license online when I drive. So like this morning, I went to do a sedation um, for the dentist that I work for. And so I listen on my way to work. I listen to CEs on my way to go do paramedic stuff. And it's funny because I'm on my I'm going on my way to go detailing stuff. I listen to detailing podcasts or I listen to something that's motivational, like Jocko Willing Link or um, a podcast about you know um, something like something will pop up and and I'll I'll listen to something. But I'm learning something, so sometimes my my learning happens when I know it works for me. It may not happen right after I work out or I do my reflection. It may happen an hour away when I have the time for me that I know I'm going to be able to consume that knowledge and energy. So do you guys ever find that you kind of you're, you're breaking up your task for for like your morning time or do you do it? Do you guys do it all at once? I'll go. Um, I sometimes I break it up. Like I said, I will, you know, depending on how I'm feeling that day or if uh, if I wake up later than I wanted to, I'll wait until after a customer drops off. And since I'm home based shop now, like it makes it easy. I just sit there. All right. You know, have my coffee, just do and just get rolling you know i have people drop it off in the morning expect it back at the end of the day and typically just do one car a day so i'm just cruising dude and i'll i'll separate it and do it all throughout the day if i need to and i just keep getting better and better where it's i'm making it more of a routine in the morning and keeping it in but if i miss something like i'm not i'm not feeling like i failed i'm not you know that's why when you were like, hey, man, like, call me at 5 a.m. I was like, okay, I could do it. I was struggling so hard and I felt so shitty because I wouldn't sometimes. And I felt like so much pressure. And I'm just like, man, this sucks. Like, And what did we I'm talk just... about? I didn't get on you. I'm like, it's okay. No, that yeah. was all me. You know what yeah. I mean? That was all my own stuff. But it's like yeah. that own pressure is just like, it'll it'll kill you. And I was just like, nah, man, like I'm just moving at my own pace. I'm doing my own thing right now. And for me, that's what, what I need right now. You know what I mean? And yeah, I'm cool man, with I was, that. I was like that. I was like, well, I was total opposite. Now that you're at home and now I'm in the shop, like, I remember when I used to think like that too. Yeah. Now I'm like, everything needs to be kind of planned out and if but that plan don't go, then I move to the next or then I break it. But yeah. It's pretty, it's, and you know, you have the chance to do it at the end of the day too, right? The deconstruction yeah. of the day. Where even if you don't journal, like sometimes I journal, sometimes I won't. Um, but just being grateful for just like that little reflection at the end of the day. Of like, man, that was a great day. Like, 
man, that was awesome. Like I had a complex patient today and I was like, and I was talking to the doctor afterwards and he had a complex portion of the surgery today and we were chatting about it and decompressing about it. And I was like, man, like I had to use all my tricks and, and, and like little things inside of my brain that had to pop out. Like, man, I, I gotta get this patient. Like it's gotta be, this patient's gotta be this certain point. And, um, we were chatting and he had to use all these tips and tricks that he had to get the surgery done because during certain portions of the surgery, the patient didn't react like normal human body secondary to some issues that she had, but it was, I'm super grateful. And I, on my way home, I was thinking about like, man, I'm super grateful that I did learn all those things in my career, because if not, then I wouldn't have been able to do what I did for her today. And then he wouldn't have been able to do what he did for her today. And it, and it just kind of, I was just like super excited that I got to medically challenge myself. But at the same time, I was grateful that I got to challenge myself. If that makes sense. Like I expanded something. And, um, but yet at the same time, it doesn't always have to be like with the medical portion of my career. It could be with the detailing portion of my career, like talking to people, um, like Chris Tabieras, like him and I talk about detailing stuff and some of the other guys and, and, or if I'm talking to someone about a book or anything else, I just noticed that, um, I forget that communication broadens our knowledge on anything that we're talking about and it expands your thought process. And I was just grateful for that today. And I was like, man, that's really rad. I was just, I don't know, just something that came to my mind. And um, I don't know. So I'm just, I'm super grateful for you guys because we get to talk about it and expand our minds and, and have fun. Well, like you said earlier too, it's perspective. You got somebody else's perspective on it. Sometimes yeah. my perspective on, let's say, reading this book is different than your perspective. And you might talk about it and you're like, oh, shit. Okay, now I see it in your way, in your eyes. Yeah, because like you guys all have different perspectives a little bit and different ways of doing it, right? Different ways of challenging yourself to to follow some of these guidelines to see if these habits work, right? And it's and it's just fun because it's like it it doesn't always have to be a perfect habit to bring success. It doesn't always have to be a perfect perspective because when I see it from Corey's perspective or Chris's perspective or Ryan's, I'm like oh I didn't I should try it like that and then you're like oh that was the key that I was missing that was the key that's awesome uh, and then uh you know they go on to talk about the deconstruction of your amazing day and I think part of I think at the later portions of the book after it builds upon itself and I think if you're reading the book like we, I think we did this over a month this last time because this book is a lot to take in. And and so the last part of the book, like page 235, they're talking about a timeline of the whole day and and, um, and how at like, you know, when you're actually working like to do the 90-91 rule and um, the 60-10 method or 
Like if you're sitting somewhere, only do 60 minutes of ex of work and then do 10 minutes of not work, you know? And I was like, oh, that's, that's kind of smart. Cause you're like every 60 minutes, you're kind of like just taking yourself out of what you do. And I used to do it at work when I was working on a project, I'd have to get up and walk around the fire station or um, do something because I needed to reset my brain. And then I'm reading it. I'm like, oh, that's why, because your cycles that you're going through creativity and you need to let your brain kind of relax and take everything in and output it back again. And I'm like, oh, that does make sense why that works. I don't know. Do you guys, are you guys doing any of those types of things that where you're doing the, the 60, 10 rule or the, the 90, 91 rule where you have, um, any of those like types of like the deconstruction of the day in the back of the book yet? I haven't got that far, but I, I, uh, that like 60, 10 rule thing. I know I did something similar to that. Like, uh, when I used to do body work. Well, even now, too, even when I detail, when I feel like I'm not getting any work done or they call it like whenever I pull frame or working on body work and feeling my head, you kind of lose feel. So then I go and do something else to right. kind of get my senses away from that to come back to it later. Right. And then um, putting into like he's also talking about like. um putting into like uh, the 10 tactics of lifelong genius about the um, the tight bubble of total focus, which is like the waking up, the 90-91 rule, the 60-10 method, and then the daily five concepts, the second wind workout where you're doing that. That second workout, um, how he talks about doing sit-ups and push-ups arbitrarily. And then the two massage protocol, that one I have not been able to get into uh, yet. I have not, like, I love massages and I try to get them done. Um, I used to get them done weekly, but now I'm like, oh, I need to implement that back into my life as a self-care habit. Um, the Traffic University, the Weekly Design System, the Dream Technique, and then the 60-Minute Student, right? So they, they give you like this tactics and all these tactics are part of the book. So as you're reading in the back of the book, you're like, oh, and they give you like insights throughout the book, right? To, to give all the, so you can use all the tactics. So everything I just read are the, the tactics, which they teach you throughout the book. And then they also explain them in this chapter, what each tactic is. They kind of go over a brief overview of it. And what the mental focus is and the physical energy and, and the deep fueling recycling. And then uh, one of the things, joy as a GPS. And I do this iFit thing in the morning where I, I go on these hikes to like iFit has a, I have this treadmill and it takes me to Italy or it takes me to um, one of them is to like Budapest and then um there's one into the Himalayan mountains and they always talk about joys being the, the gross, the gross something of joy. So it's um gross population of joy. And so that's instead of like money and economics, their nation relies on as being a happy nation or a non-happy nation. 
in the Himalayan mountains, all that is, is the joyous production of the GPJ or something like that. It's the gross production of joy is how they actually relate how successful their country is. And I thought that was interesting because at the end of this book, it, it talks about joy as a GPS and that people are your fuel, pursuit is fuel, place is fuel, and your personal GPS is, a, you know, it's all about joy. And all these things um, equal the joy. And so I just thought that was interesting that um, that keeps coming up lately is, is joy in the, and so, I don't know. Have you guys seen that part of the book yet or gotten that far yet? No, no I'm not that far. You, you will, dude. You, you're going to, I guarantee you, you're going to talk to me the next time we chat. You're going to be like, oh, I get it now. Um, And just remember that you're the hero of your own life. And it talks about Nelson Mandela. And um, it talks about a couple of different big, huge names of, of people in life that have made some super um, intricate changes. And I'm not going to ruin that. But um, do you guys have any final thoughts about the book? Yes, it starts off very slow. I had to start it like five, six different times. <laughs> so just stick through it. It gets good very quickly. But that first section of it is very slow. Tough it out. I was so I was so thrown. Like I'm listening in detail at the same time. I'm like I'm like, bro, what is going on here? Like <laughs> It was kind of funny because I had a I had a, a fleet uh, truck that was just messed up, and I'm over here thinking, looking at this thing all messed up, and I'm like, bro, this this is messed up. This book is like starting off messed up. It's tripping me out right now. <laughs> what is it, right? Was it Ryan that said like, what does she have me listening to this month? <laughs> I know, I'm over here, like, what the hell happened to the guy that fell down and collapsed? Like, y'all just, like, totally didn't give a damn about this guy that just died. Like, look, now let's just pay attention to the homeless guy. And her on, sly like, remarks and, like, just her being rude, you're just like, they, they never <laughs> went back to that shit. Like, what? I'm thinking it's, like, a dream the whole time or, like, they're going to throw me for a loop. I got, like, 30 minutes left, like I said, and I'm still, like, oh, it's going to be a dream or this is yeah. something. Like, this can't be reality. Like, this is, these guys just yeah. followed a homeless guy. Who could have gotten I know, a fake watch? Spellbinders, and I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, where the, where are we going, Narnia? Like, come on! It's such a good book, though. Don't let it fool you. Yeah. It gets, it gets great. Oh my god! What about you, Corey? Any last thoughts? No, I'm only about halfway through it, but I mean, like everybody else, the beginning's crazy, but then you were talking about, you know, seeing the perspectives and this and that with the characters earlier. Oh, yeah. I think yeah. some people are a little different, but anyway, like how it does say, go into the, it goes into the entrepreneur and then it talks about what she's thinking at that time. And then it goes into the painter and what he's thinking about at that time. And that's kind of what I like how they move back and forth, yeah. but they still like how, you know, they're like, Oh yeah. The, you know, the rich dude just showed up and he's wearing this shirt, but it was what it was said on that shirt. It wasn't just some 
shirt. I was like, oh crap. I mean, he actually would come out with like inspirational shirts and stuff like that. So it yeah. was pretty seeing that. Yeah, the perspective part was great. Was good. I need that guy's whole vibe. That billionaire's whole vibe, man. Like that's <laughs> that's who I want to be. <laughs> that's who I'm creating. Yeah. Is that guy, man? That guy's a whole whole trip. It's pretty yeah. awesome, though. Well, like they say with designers, yeah. a lot of the people that are rich and this and that, they're not running around in Nike shoes. They're not running around with, you know, these fancy-ass shirts or, you know, all the different brands and all that crap. They're Some of these guys oh. are either – or they're going to those high-end brands, but they're just a plain Jane shirt. It doesn't – it's not saying it right on it. It's, it's you know, pink brand or something like that. It's just a pink shirt. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. Have Kanye is shoeless most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. And he sells shoes. Yeah. <laughs> well, then the next book is uh, what is it? Breaking the Wilderness. I'm pretty sure I have it. Brene Brown. Yep, Brene yes. Brown. I had a whole bunch of stuff sitting on top of the book. Oops. Um, that was hilarious. So Brene Brown, Braving the Wilderness, and then uh. So that one, I'm hoping, like, how much more do you guys have left in this one? Uh, I have, like, 30 minutes. I'll finish it tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Perfect. So, like, two, yeah, because like, Braving the Wilderness should only take you guys, like, I mean, it's a super quick read. So um, that's the next one. And then we'll go ahead. I'm going to stop the recording. <laughs>